Welcome to, well, that fucked me up. It really did. A podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And each week we're going to be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing events. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Which is flipping awesome. Yeah. Because we're all about that. We're all about listening to people's stories about adversity and trauma and, and crazy stuff. I think there really is something for everybody. There's many, many topics, many, many guests, people that really have got through uh, some extraordinary things. Please share the love, share the show, get in touch, follow us, subscribe, click. We're trying to make it easy and open for people to discuss things that may normally feel tricky to do so. Um, We've been on an extraordinary journey and we're glad you can join us. Enjoy the show. Um, We're here for another episode of our our podcast. Well, that fucked me up. Um, And what we're finding out more and more with these stories is that it ended up not, not fucking us up, actually. It ended up really helping us out. So maybe we should be changing the name of our podcast to, well, that turned out all right <laughs> um i was on um i was on the elliptical the other day and i thought you know on that podcast we both love morbid yeah love they it. say hey weirdos yeah we don't have a tagline like that we can't be like hey fuckers oh we can we could but i think immediately people might switch off if you use like an angry derogatory term towards them before they've even given us a go um so we'll have to figure it out, but I like it. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna get, we're gonna jump straight into this episode, and um, we're gonna introduce Eliza. Uh, Eliza, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Thank you for having um, me. Well, we can hear you, which is we're doing better than we were 15 it's minutes not. ago because we we couldn't. Um, and I think the way we like to do this is keep it. Um, you know, we we tend to not edit um, the sh- the show mm-hmm. unless we we desperately need to, or there's all sorts of audio problems. Um, you know, you can give us a, a more of a monologue, or we can do back and forth or chat through. But I know you're going to tell us your your story that involves your mm-hmm. son, and we're excited. You can start right back at the very very beginning. You can maybe give us a little bit of like a snippet of you where mm-hmm. you're from, and then just dive. We we'll dive in. We we'll just dive in. I, you know, back and forth works good for me. Great. So at any point, just dive in. Great. Um, but yes, so you mentioned my son, who before we started recording, you actually met briefly, um, uh, Isaac, who is 13. Yep. Um, Isaac is autistic. So my kind of chat with you today is about um, having an autistic child. But really, more than that, and I, you know, I will go back to the beginning and, and introduce that that whole concept. Um, but it's not really about autism, and it's not really about Isaac. It's more about how the world just doesn't work very well for him wow. and for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he's fucking brilliant. Um, well, we <laughs> did. We met world. him. We met him, and and I'm slightly annoyed that we weren't recording because. It was just uh, such a great uh, snippet. I'm so, sure he'll come back. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to do an entire episode with him, I'm for sure. <laughs> we, we're, head, we're, we're heading there, I can feel it. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so 
really, from the beginning, before he even arrived, really, he definitely made himself known. I had a, like many, many women, a really, really traumatic birth with him. Um, I think from the beginning, he was kind of going against the traffic right from the beginning. Um, He just didn't want to come out. um, But the medical world kind of, you know, did everything they could to make him come out. Um, And having him... I've, I've, you know, I've spoken about this quite a lot yes. over here in London to, to all sorts of people. But it's a bit like um, when he was born, it was a bit like having a car crash. Wow. But then you're handed a baby. Wow. And they mm-hmm. say congratulations and you left to just kind of get on with it. Um, and my husband, who's not here, but he'll say that, he, you know, literally as he was born, he had this look on his face, which was like so bewildered and just so like what the hell is going on um so that um that was his birth and you know I I took two three years to even be able to talk about it because it was just so horrendous because the birth was so traumatic yeah, the, the birth was incredibly traumatic and the kind of lack of aftercare ah. and the lack of just talking about when you have a baby and it's not a magical experience. Right. Um, first of all, you can't even say that yep. as a woman. Right. You know, um, you're meant to talk about how incredible it is. And the moment you meet your child, it's magic. Yes. And there's this connection. Um, I didn't have that, you know, um, and um, that led to kind of postnatal depression mm. and, and all sorts. Um but really, Isaac's first year, you know, if if you if you met Isaac as a baby, you looked at him and you smiled, he would smile back. He was the bonniest of babies. Mm. Um, um, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, so his milestones were very, very late. Um, uh, you know, he crawled at one. That normally happens well before a first birthday. He walked at two. There was no speech at all, mm. um, but he would make a lot of noise. Right. Um, so, you know, when it's your first kid, you've had kids. Um, I didn't know. I was just like, okay, so he's a bit of a late developer and yeah. that, that's that. But he was just really, from kind of age two onwards, just really, really unhappy and distressed mm. over the tiniest things. Mm. Um and then again, I just thought, well, oh, I've just, I've just got one of those babies then, you know, one of those kind of <laughs> difficult ones, um, which is, you know, now looking back, just, it was so wrong. Mm. Um, one distinct memory that I have is when he was at nursery, he was two, and we lived about a 10 minute drive away from the nursery. And I would pick him up. And I always took the same route home, but for some reason that day, I turned left at the end of the road instead of turning right. And he just went absolutely bananas. Wow. He's two. Wow. I was like, but screaming, screaming, so distressed. This was not a tantrum. Wow. Um, and it just, it just seemed to happen a lot. This kind of, he was just so discombobulated and just unhappy with every surrounding you would put him in he didn't play with things typically he would you know if he 
if you know a neurotypical um little boy or girl picked up a car or a train they would go choo 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 and push it along um and he would just twizzle it around and just look at it wow. intently and he was just into the detail of everything thing mm. um my husband always says that he could see it well before i did right. um but maybe i was just knackered and you know he had more things to get on with than <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, so at the age of about two, two and a quarter, I took him to the GP and I just said, you know, he'd, uh, I'm just not sure. I think he might need some speech therapy or he just feels a bit delayed. Mm. Maybe we could look into it. Mm. Fast forward to just after his third birthday um, and we had an appointment with a paediatrician. So this is kind of nine months of observations. You can't, there's no blood test. There's no, you know, there's, you know, you can't just um, have a blood test. Yeah. And, and you get the autism diagnosis. Um, so yeah, that was January, 2011, January the 11th, 2011. Uh, and he was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Right. And that's at the age of three. At the age of three. Because by that point, yeah. they can do tests on cognitive behaviour. It was all observations. Like right. So a speech and language therapist right. saw him, a paediatrician saw him. And then obviously his parents, you know, me and Matty, you know, are the experts in a way. Because the of information course. we gave was the kind of most vital key into who he was and what he was finding hard. And, yeah. Um, Did you see that coming, that, Eliza? Had you thought? Had you done enough research on the build-up to his that that diagnosis? Like literally, that, if you'd said the word autism, human. Oh, we've just frozen a bit. Um, if you had said to me the word autism at that point, literally, even on that day, what would have been conjured up in my head would have been Rayman. <laughs> right. Um, and maybe some kind of few mad anti-vaxxers that talk about <laughs> MMR and autism. Right. Yes. That, that's it. Yeah. I, I didn't really know, even know what it was. Um, you maybe so, describe like how you felt when you yeah. said the word autism. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. Not a lot of people ask that, so thank you. That's um, why. I, that's why I bring Kyle along. Yeah. No, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'll be really very, very honest. Um, I was relieved. Mm. I was like, I didn't know what it meant. So I didn't know the impact of, you know, what the last 10 years have been like. But all I felt was such relief because I thought it was my fault. I thought, I'm not doing this parenting thing right. I'm not, I'm obviously doing something wrong. I'm making him unhappy. I've not done enough. That's why he's not walking. That's why he's not mm. talking, etc. So I had a name for it. Yeah. And it's just incredibly powerful because it makes you realise, okay, he needs some help. And now we can give that to him. Mm. So that was my like initial feeling. Mm. Um, but what happens after that? And, and if I can just add, like at that meeting, amazing paediatrician, but over here in the UK 10 years ago, we got a diagnosis of autism. She handed me a file, um, like uh, with 100 pages in it, which was just said on it, special needs diagnosis. <laughs> wow, yeah. General enough for you. Yeah. Um, and 
she was fantastic and you know she was very she said, you know i'm going to give you this all i'm going to say now is i know you're not thinking about it now but just really think very carefully about where you sent him to school and that didn't make any sense to me whatsoever but now now i understand the importance mm. of that so yeah we walked out of there with a diagnosis and a folder full of really like generic information about you know he could have had anything from autism to down syndrome to you know cerebral palsy i mean it, it, there was no personal um or a kind of individualized mm. information in mm. there at all um and then from from then on uh, the, and the reason why, you know, talking to you today, I was, I was thinking about it before I talked to you. It was like, it's not, it was about how this changed our life because there was nothing out there for us right. and for him, right. not the autism. You know, once you find out what your child needs, if they've got any kind of challenges, um, once you've got that information, it's really powerful. It, you're in control of the situation. So once I knew what he needed, he was a really happy kid. You know, yeah. once I got him into the right school, I'm saying that like in a breath, in a sentence, but that was a whole other story. That's imagine. a whole other podcast right. altogether. Yes. Um, he's at this incredible school where he'll be till he's 19. They support him. They support us. I would literally not be here without them. That's amazing. Um, once he had speech therapy, once he got occupational therapy, it's like scaffolding. And once he got that, he's just getting on with his shit. You've met him. He's yeah. like, do I have to talk to Luke anymore? I'm doing a YouTube premiere now. Got to go. <laughs> you know, like he's such a little dude. He's amazing. And people that meet him are just completely charmed by him. Yeah. And, um, but the thing that was life-changing was how hard it was. It was just so hard for him and so hard for us. Was it upsetting? Because was it, it must have been upsetting for you along the way. I mean, what you described when you had the di diagnosis was that relief, mm. and I can really understand that. Mm. But the frustration and and getting upset because he's your son and you're like, what, what, we gotta, we gotta make it better somehow, you know? Yeah, and you, you, you'd be amazed. I mean, I know it's different wherever you live. And I actually think knowing friends of mine that have got autistic kids that live in America, you guys seem to be quite ahead of the curve. And um, over here, things are definitely getting better. But for example, the things that immediately was, were hard was just people in the street, just people in the playground, just, and I think I might have been one of those people before I had Isaac. Interesting. Really like, and that's how this has been life-changing for me because I'm absolutely a different person, just full stop. I just, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. So like the thing that that is just cemented in my mind is just being in Queen's Park playground and Isaac wanting to go on the slide and... He can't, he, at the age of four, he couldn't wait his turn. He it just mm. like, I need to do that now. And if I can't do it, it's a catastrophe. Mm. It's just the things like queuing, waiting, sharing. Mm. Um, and what happens is parents just see the behavior. Of course. So they see this kid that won't wait. 
Yeah. And then the kid that won't wait, who has a, in inverted commas, tantrum. And then the parent that is not telling him off. Mm. The parent is comforting him mm. and, and asking the, the parent, would you mind if my kid mm. went in front, please? Mm. And it, the, the, the judgment is just, it cuts through you. It's just... Gosh. That's so hard. Um, even now, like, I wouldn't go back there if, you know... Yeah, I can... I can... For, him, for him, for me too, you know, it was just like, it was just so hard. So um, a lot, so a, yeah. a lot, obviously a lot to do with your awareness and your knowledge of how to negotiate these um, situations. Mm-hmm. But as he gets older and his awareness of what, yes. he, what his diagnosis is, I mean, the funny, yeah. he came on just before we started yeah. recording, he was like, hi, I'm Isaac, I'm autistic. And it's like, good yeah. to know. Just good, good to know. Brilliant. And I, and I think that's a, what that's. I'm so proud of that. And I am like, I'm, I'm. And that's not been forced upon him, but I am, for me, my goal as a parent is, and I, you know, I get this from speaking to a lot of autistic adults. Yeah. And they just say, you know, it's all really great that you're doing all this awareness stuff, <laughs> um, but you're not autistic, Yeah. you know? Um, and my son, you know, if you told me 10 years ago that he could even say, hi, mum, are you doing right. you know I didn't even think he would speak yeah wow. so the fact that he can speak and that he speaks a lot wow <laughs> um and that he really owns it he just owns this this I'm not even I don't want to say the word diagnosis he just owns his identity it's like yeah. he's he's Isaac he's autistic but he's also British he's Jewish he goes to this school yeah. he's, you know it's it's got to a point where it's part of who he is. Um, And he just kind of, that's why he asked you, are you, you know, he asked, are you autistic? Like, are you French? You know? I mean, I love that. I love that. Yeah. The simplicity of that. I wish more people were like that. You're like, hi, I'm Kyle. I'm moody sometimes. And I, you know, (laughs) drive too fast. That's a wonderful trait of a lot of autistic people. And, you know, I always have to caveat this with, there are a lot of autistic people that don't have language and that don't have um, the social um, kind of ability that Isaac has got, you know, Mm. that's why it's called a spectrum. So when I'm presenting autism, I'm presenting Isaac, you know, it's really important that I say that because Mm. there'll be a lot of parents or people that might listen to this that don't have my experience. And, when you've met one kid with autism, you've met one kid with autism, and 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 that's mm. an important thing to just yep. to hear about. Maybe for our listeners who aren't familiar mm. with autism, mm. could you maybe describe how um, autism is different um, from just say other yeah. kids? Other, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you just take the kind of really basic explanation um, of what autism is it is a lifelong developmental disability which affects how people communicate and interact with the world so that could be at one end of the spectrum you've got Asperger's which is someone who really at their most um, challenging time finds social interaction incredibly difficult but they have language sometimes really advanced language so that's one end of the spectrum And at the other end of the spectrum, 
you might have a child that has got all of those um, social and communication difficulties, but they might have other really complex disabilities alongside that as well. So you can see how, you know, it can really cover a whole range of people and challenges and incredible abilities as well. Yeah. You know, I have one other question that was kind of yeah. Because you had said that, you know, prior to his diagnosis that you had blamed yourself, essentially. Mm. It, it, I mean, that's such a mother thing to do, too. And a Jewish thing. I'm a Jewish mother. So, you know, <laughs> double whammy. <laughs> After you got the diagnosis, did you, um, and I, I don't want to, did you kind of blame yourself for that or his diagnosis? Or were you just like? Yeah, so... I the answer the quick answer to that is is no um but I know a lot of people and I understand why even though it's not where I stand they have to kind of know why they have to know why is my kid autistic mm. and I think that's why you find people searching for those answers you know mm. that it's we know it's genetic there's not one gene but what genetic means is if you just look back in your family, you know, in our in our family, certainly on my husband's side, there's definitely relatives where you think, well, yeah, maybe that it, it could have passed through the family that way. Um, but it's just not that straightforward. I I do know people and, and speak to people a lot of the time that, that search and search. And I think that's why the the vaccine propaganda is so big because mm. I think people want to know why that yeah. you know and I, I I don't blame them I don't agree with it at all and my kids are vaccinated and I had my COVID vaccine yesterday um which is amazing um although I don't agree with them and I campaign vigorously to get kids vaccinated I understand why because mm. your child is like is so precious um but for me, I, once I had that diagnosis, I never searched for the why. I just wanted to know how can I make his life easier? How, how can I make our life easier? Because it ripples out, you know? Yeah. And it affects not just, not just the child, but it affects the whole family. And, you know, mm. Luke, you mentioned we go back a long time. So, you know, you might have memories of the kind of family that I come from. It's mm. a very big, close mm. family. But the people that surprised us the most were the ones that they were the ones that I thought would really rally round and like be super cool about it mm. and just accepting. Mm. I think when you love a person and when you love a child, a new baby, a grandchild or a, a niece or a nephew, you just think they're perfect. You just you're like, no, this, he's just like us and it yeah. doesn't matter. And the thing that people missed was. I needed them to see that he was different. Right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad thing. We're all different, but he was different in a way that we had to adapt and we yeah. had to make changes as a family because if we didn't, then he was being denied being able to have an easier time day to day. And that yeah. it took a really long time to get people on board. That is a really great way to end the discussion and it's just amazing i think like what one one of the we always talk about the common threads with stories that we've been covering yeah. <clears throat> and one of the big ones is acceptance because once yeah. you've accepted 
whether it's a diagnosis to yourself or a child or something that's happened or something that's caused trauma, once you've accepted it and it is what it is and it it is how it is, there's nothing I can do to change that. Now I can start to figure out the best tools in which to move along with it, you know? Absolutely. I never used to be this clever, Eliza. I'm not too sure if you remember, but, um, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, if it is true, like, I, I, just, just, just to end it, it's like, however kind of cheesy it might sound, I think cliches are cliches for a reason because there's a real truth to them, but he absolutely has made me like a far better person. There's just absolutely no doubt in my mind. I think I was a little bit of a, I don't want to use bad language, but you can. Yeah. You swear a lot. It wasn't yeah. as good. A, no, I just was a bit of a twat. Before I met him, <laughs> and I, I, I was quite judgmental. Mm. I was quite narrow-minded, um, and just genuinely, you don't need to be an expert about autism to to get him or to get on with him or to make his life easier. You just need to be kind, mm. really. Yeah, like just open-minded and kind. And, 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 you know, and then his life and my life is a lot easier. Can I ask you one more question? <laughs> Please. If, I guess if you could tell, you know, maybe uh, there's people listening that want to start a family or uh, people that already have children with autism or people like me who have uh, no clue about until we started talking about this like what would you say if you could leave something like kind of hopeful for people Mm. what would it be i would say that um having isaac has enabled me to um be so much more honest. He's eradicated the bullshit out of my life. Oh my that, God. That, that's, that's kind of the clearest way I can say it. I love it. And the, the reason he has is because when you meet him and when you experience him, he's got no edge to him. He can't lie. He can't, um, he, he can't dance around anything. Mm. And when you live with a person like that, it rubs off on you. Mm. Um, that's amazing. So, so yeah you know he's absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me no doubt this has been such a wonderful chat and we've covered everything we we could possibly have asked for um what what we're going to do is i know you you have a you have a great blog and you know we didn't discuss your husband matt um, but he has a blog and we're going to post that to the, the afterthought section of, of this and we'll get that going and Thank our you. listeners can have a look through that blog and, and also maybe some helpful sites in, um, you know, awareness. And, and I know that you're a big advocate of that, as you mentioned, and we're, all that's left is for us to thank you so much for coming on. Such a pleasure. Such a pleasure.